finish this uh, Big Trail Lake is a thermocarst lake, which means it formed due to permafrost thaw. Permafrost is ground that stays frozen year-round. The permafrost in interior Alaska also has massive wedges of actual ice locked within the frozen ground. When that ice melts, the ground surface collapses and forms a sinkhole that can fill with water. Thus, a thermocarst lake is born. And that's what I was talking about from the article uh, by uh, uh, Hunsaker and, uh, and this article here. But I got to leave it there. So thanks, everybody, who called. And uh, we'll continue this discussion uh, at, a, at a later date. I'm Paul Rowan. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Listening to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM. The time is 9 a.m. Next up is Fight the Empire. Go ahead, you're on the air. Okay, well. Okay, good morning, folks. This uh, show is Fight the Empire. My name is Pere Fogering. I didn't hear my usual uh, theme music. That's okay. We can get right into the show. Um, uh, two weeks ago, uh, there was no show because my phone was not working. But apparently it's working today, so let's, uh, let's hope my phone keeps on working. Uh, well, what's in the news uh, most recently, at least, uh, is... Uh, Joe Biden is calling for the overthrow of uh, Russian President uh, Putin. And uh, you might say his his aides try to uh, kind of uh, say he didn't really mean it, but then uh, apparently uh, Biden, uh, he contradicted his aides, and he said he did mean it. Yes, he thinks thinks, uh, Russian President uh, Putin should be overthrown. And uh, this, 
not only so then after that, after uh, Biden made those statements, this more recently, uh, uh, John Bolton, who everybody knows is sort of the the uh, arch uh, warmonger in Washington, he's the former uh, national security officer for uh, uh, for Donald Trump, and he uh, recently published an article that was titled uh, "Putin Must Go." Now is the time for something in Russia. And so uh, this is the, uh, you know, Bolton uh, says that uh, that uh, he believes that Biden really was serious about the, uh, the regime change in Russia and that this continues to be the uh, unstated policy of the uh, United States. And what uh, what, sep- what separates Bolton from the Biden White House is the uh, is that uh, Bolton is, seems to be quite uh, quite honest about it. Uh, doesn't try to uh, muffle um, uh, muffle his calls for overthrow. And it just seems to me this uh, what. Uh, what? Uh, why is it the U.S.'s business to overthrow anybody, let alone uh, Putin? This is not a defense of Putin. Uh, I don't think that much of him, but uh, he is not. Uh, he is not my president. He is a president of Russia, and so uh, what? Uh, what? Uh, why? Why should? Uh, why should President Biden? And waste his time and energy calling for an overthrow of a foreign leader. We seems to me we have uh, uh, plenty of problems uh, here at home, uh, uh, some of which were so uh, well outlined in uh, Paul Rowland's show uh, just before this one. Uh, you know, just climate change is going on, uh, which could actually uh, conceivably uh, de- uh, destroy uh, destroy life on Earth. So it seems to me there's plenty of things to worry about at home without uh, calling for the overthrow of uh, of a president or of another country. So uh, if people want to call in with a question or a comment, uh, the number is 503-231-8187. What do you think? Do you think uh, we have any business uh, trying to overthrow uh, uh, Vladimir Putin? Uh, what's uh, what is what is the uh, what is our role in the world? Uh, give us a call five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. The uh, there's an article that was in the New York Post recently. Uh, President Biden. Uh, uh, contradicted his own staff by insisting he did not regret or retract his call for the overthrow of uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, he's, I'm not walking anything back, Biden told reporters. Uh, after his, uh, I was expressing the moral outrage that I felt. Well, it seems to be a little uh, waffling here. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to... Uh, you know, to express one's moral outrage 
you know, we, we all do that. We do that a lot here at KBU, but uh, we don't have the power that uh, President Biden has. So that's the real question. It's not just, uh, not just Biden's personal opinion of Putin, uh, but what, does, uh, what kind of uh, uh, things is, uh, is uh, President Biden trying to do? Is he taking any measures to overthrow uh, Putin? And if so, uh, what, uh, uh, what's the point of it? You know, this is not a defense of Putin. This is more a, uh, a, uh, a critique of, uh, of the U.S. going around the world deciding uh, what leaders are, uh, are okay, which ones uh, could be overthrown. The U.S. has done a lot of that uh, in the last, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, ever since, well... There's a list of, uh, since the Second World War, which is what, that was uh, 70, almost 70 or 80 years ago, uh, the U.S. Has, uh, has overthrown 39 governments and has attempted to overthrow 57 governments. We have a caller. And we have a caller on the line. Oh, Mar- you're on the air. Marcos. Good morning, sir. Um, if you believe in American exceptionalism, that as we are the hegemon, as we rule the world, that we actually do have the right to decide what country has what leadership or not, then it would follow that President Biden is within his authority to call for the overthrow of really any country, that we could decide we want the, the government of France to be overthrown or the government of Canada or it's it's really our prerogative. So if you accept that, then we are acting as an empire with uh, absolute authority over how other countries should be run. Um, but that is obviously not the path to world peace. Um, I, I'm curious to ask you, Perry, you've f- covered uh, Ukraine more than I believe any other talk show on KBU. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but most people seem did like one show back in in February or March and kind of left it alone. Am I wrong? Uh, will you repeat that question to get it in? Oh, I, I'm I'm thinking that you're you're the guy at KBU that's really covered Ukraine in more depth than anybody oh. else, and I'm, uh-huh. I'm yeah. not aware of anybody else even discussing Ukraine after the spring. I think I thought you mentioned some specific show, and I was wondering what that what, what that one was. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, there's 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 like three other or four other talk shows, and uh-huh. most of them dealt with Ukraine for a minute. Uh, but you've been the most consistent in, in keeping up with it. Um, my other question would be if if you get any pushback when you talk about Ukraine from listeners that are taking the 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 uh, NATO or the uh, narrative, the Biden-NATO-Zelensky narrative. Do you get that? Well, I haven't gotten it on the air or anyplace else, no. I mean, if uh, people want to uh, defend uh, defend NATO and, and defend ousting Putin, uh, feel free to call. But uh, no, it's... Uh, but I, I read the... Uh, you know, I read people's... Uh, people's uh, articles you know about w- why they think that Putin should be overthrown and to me it's, it's beside the point it's not that Putin is a good guy or a bad guy I mean uh, 
I don't particularly care for them, but uh, I'm not well, the I'm not I'm not a Russian, so uh, it's not the U.S.'s business to go around deciding who is okay and who isn't. So that's I guess that is my uh, that's my opinion. Well, you and I could quickly unpack the uh, pro Biden, pro Zelensky, pro NATO narrative in a couple of minutes. Um, basically, what you need to do is strip away anything you know of the actual situation on the ground and and recent history uh, definitely if you want to accept the NATO narrative uh, ignore everything that happened prior to February of 2022 and particularly ignore the coup that the United States initiated in Kiev in in 2014 Um, Mm, I was going to bring that up later on Let's talk about that. Well, so what what you need to do, and I'm I'm trying to be helpful to people that are are accepting the NATO narrative, is the very first thing you need to do is to demonize Putin as a very 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 bad person, and never lose sight of that. So in anything that he says, understand that it's a lie. Understand that his actual agenda is the opposite of whatever he says. Uh, disregard all Russian concerns as quote-unquote Kremlin talking points. So strip that out of, of any concern at all, any awareness of the situation, don't even go there, uh, and then replace that with a narrative that Putin is evil. Uh, if you'd like, you can say that Russians are evil, uh, that Russians should be banned from participation in, in the life of the rest of the world, no tennis players, no cat shows, no, no tourism. Russians need to be punished as Russians. Uh, and, and then further going on on the line, ignore everything that's happened in eastern Ukraine for the last eight years. Now, I'd like to particularly cite a Canadian reporter named Eva Kareen Barrett. She's been reporting from the Donbass, from uh, Donetsk and Lukansk, from the regions that have been experiencing shelling from the Kiev regime. And that shelling has killed 15,000 mostly Russian-speaking Ukrainians who are living in in the eastern part of Ukraine. Those people have been effectively under attack ever since the coup d'etat, including the banning of the Russian language. Uh, They've experienced daily shelling. We recently had, had shelling in Kiev which caught the world's attention. That was seen as, as a horrific uh, crime against the civilian population of Kiev. The people of in eastern Ukraine have experienced that, that kind of shelling uh, pretty much every day for the last eight years, and Eva Kareen Bartlett has been reporting on that. That has been completely eliminated from any awareness. And where, where, can, you find, uh, where can people uh, find her reporting? Well, she's got a Twitter account, so that's the simplest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another person named uh, uh, Wyatt Reed who recently went to Ukraine, and within days of his arrival, the hotel which he was staying at, which is known to host uh, international journalists, was shelled uh, by the Ukrainians. And Eva Kareen Bartlett mentions that they're using 155 millimeter artillery pieces, which apparently have great accuracy. So 
this shelling is not done by rogue Ukrainians. This is absolutely a project of Ukraine and the United States because the equipment is provided by the United States and and the accuracy of a lot of the shelling is made possible with American intelligence. So when Ukrainian civilian targets are being hit, it's not an accident. It's very deliberate and it's part of, of, of the NATO Zelensky Biden policy. But getting back to the narrative of how you need to, to, to accept that Ukraine is on the right side, uh, it, it's, it's basically a dumbing down so that all you can think about is the one act of aggression, which is Russian tanks rolling across the Ukrainian border uh, without any context of why that would have happened, without any context of the fact that there were over 60,000 Ukrainian troops poised on the Donbass border, seemingly ready for an offensive against the Russian-speaking people, uh, nine days prior to the Russian invasion. There was also a dramatic increase of shelling uh, in, into that area. Now, everything I just said, I've said before on your program here, and I apologize for the repetition, but I feel a need to say it because that that that's my best way of, of trying to bring back to reality. Uh, and basically, I'm, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm, I'm saying this is how you can believe NATO if you, under these conditions, that you basically uh, manipulate reality to serve an agenda. That that's that's what most people are hearing. That's why most people uh, are are absolutely flabbergasted that somebody could question what NATO is doing, that they could question the right or wrongness of what's happening in Ukraine. Well, yeah, well, we, it makes people wonder, you know, what is the uh, what is the purpose of NATO? Uh, back when uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed, and there was a, there was a question back then of, uh, uh, well, NATO achieved its purpose, uh, Soviet Union is gone, that uh, NATO should declare victory and kind of pack up, and uh, but that hasn't happened. So NATO sort of found a uh, a new mission, whatever. And the uh, NATO has, has uh, since then uh, has moved east, right up to uh, right up to Russia's borders. And uh, in in Ukraine, uh, you know, the an elected president was overthrown, uh, Viktor uh, uh, Yanukovych. Uh, he's sort of sort of the forgotten man in all this, as though uh, uh, as though. Uh, it's not important that this guy was overthrown and the, uh, a, a new government was installed. And so uh, uh, if you just listen to the mainstream media, we're getting a kind of very spotty uh, a picture of what's going on in Ukraine. Anyway. Well, the, the, the important thing when you mentioned Yanukovych, and, and you've said this before on your program, was he was not eliminated because he was specifically pro-Russian. He was eliminated because he was willing to do business with either the East or the West. And he was able to, uh, he was, he thought he was in a position where he could simply choose who's got the better deal. Is, is mm -hmm. the EU giving us a nice deal or is Russia? And he, and the, the macro picture that we really don't talk about because the, the, 
the actual what's going on the ground is so compelling. Every so often there's commentators that uh, in, in the United States that are able to frame what's going on in a much larger way. And the most instructive way to understand that is the destruction of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Uh, again, there's, there's this Alice in Wonderland uh, interpretation of events where Russia, we are led to believe, would destroy its own pipeline, a $12 billion infrastructure project, and its major source of revenue in supplying Russian oil to Europe so that it would be in, in Putin's interest to destroy his own pipeline. Um, mm -hmm. The idea that uh, when you think about the, the effect of the propaganda system in America right now, that people will willingly believe things that are absolutely counterintuitive, that make no sense, that are illogical, that are completely the opposite of what anyone would think would be Russia's interest, but that every, every action can be attributed to uh, uh, the, the Russian somehow doing something to itself for some reason. It's inexplicable, but that's the go-to understanding. Uh, the destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline was really meaningful in the same way as the elimination of Yanukovych was meaningful, in that the, the macro intention of neoliberals in the United States is to separate Europe from Russia, that there would be uh, no trade between Europe and Russia, and that Europe would be forced to trade exclusively with the United States, particularly with energy, that the United States would be supplying uh, Europe with very expensive liquid uh, natural gas rather than cheap Russian gas. Mm -hmm. um, there are conspiracy theories, and I'm, I'm gonna call them that because they're, they're, they're so speculative, that, the, that there's people in the United States that actually wanted to see a, a week in Germany, uh, because that's the effect, that, that right now German industry is, is shutting down because of the, the unavailability of the cheap gas that they relied on. Uh, the United States basically coming out ahead if Europe is, is diminished. So it's, it's not just an attack on Russia, it's an attack on Europe itself, uh, but that's that's the unspoken part. But the sanctions that the Europeans were encouraged to take on are having a horrible effect on Europe. And you could either just say, well, that was uh, a, a, a mis misjudgment on, on the, the planners part in the United States or that that was the intention. Mm hmm. Are you there? Yes, but the, the general idea was that, that to, to drive a wedge between Ukraine and Russia and, and that somehow that, that that would be to the United States' benefit. Um, the regime change people want to also uh, get into Russia. They want to break up Russia into, into different parts. They want to continue the asset stripping that was going on under Yeltsin that the United States was very enthusiastic about. Mm -hmm. uh, Putin comes in and, and he, uh, he stops the Russian asset stripping. All of a sudden, Russia, instead of being in, in, in absolute uh, uh, tatters after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, 
the whole country being in, in a horrible depression, uh, Putin is able to pull the country out of a depression. So uh, that's unknown in the United States. I mean, the idea that in the last uh, 30 years, Russia went from being absolutely in the worst possible place to now thriving, uh, that's, that's completely uh, beyond the understanding of most Americans because our media does not communicate that. Uh, we're living in a, in a media monoculture. Uh, it's, it's, it's a highly refined propaganda system, which is nearly wall-to-wall. It's airtight. Um, with the exception of your show, Pear. <laughs> I hope there's other people besides me. I mean, there has to be. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But there, the, your show <laughs> is the only show on KBU that's doing this. So, um, we have another caller. I think we have another caller on the line. I want to thank you for your call. We have, let's go on to our next caller. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, uh, hi! Thank you for taking my call. Um, as, isn't there any laws and statutes against overthrowing other countries? I thought there was. Mm, I, I, I would hope there are. If if there are, can you tell us what they are? I, I don't know, but I just always thought there was. And and for uh, U.S. citizens, it's against the law for U.S. citizens to overthrow other countries. I'm oh, that's assuming, true. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Okay, I assume it would be for our president, too. Also, our president, I don't know if you remember, when he first got elected, they did an interview, and he called Putin a killer. I mean, this is when he first got elected. How are you supposed to negotiate with anybody when mm-hmm. you call them a killer on national TV? I mean, which means he doesn't want peace. Uh, uh, Zelensky doesn't want peace. Um, when Zelensky, I've been looking to find out, has never met Putin. When uh, when Zelensky became president, um, uh, Putin sent him a congratulation letter. He never responded. Mm-hmm. He uh, so I, I haven't seen. Uh, I'm trying to find has those both of those ever met. So how are you supposed to have a peace treaty when someone you don't want to meet? You just don't. Meet? Here's a they border. They uh, Russia borders the, their country. You would think that um, um, you that's the first place person that you would meet. You know to uh, calm down ever. And if there's another uh, peace. Um, treaty between Russia and Ukraine, what, a Minsk three? So would uh, Zelensky go to uh, Minsk to hammer out another peace treaty? If he hasn't met a Putin, no, it's not going to happen. So this is going to be a prolonged war, you know, because they, um, there's no one who wants peace, you know. And I think the Europeans are uh, has shot themselves in the foot by uh, by doing all these uh, sanctions. Also, um, if there's going to be a peace between uh, Russia and the United States, we're going to have to pay for that pipeline. Everyone knows we bombed it. We have all these military assets in the North Sea. 
We know what's going on. We can find. We know when it blew up. We could by satellites and everything else. We can uh, find out which ship did who who did it, and how come they're not trying to find out who did it? I mean, we have uh, um, all that area there. We have all types of military assets, satellites, everything. And we don't know, and we're not going after it. And think of all the pollution that's, you know, all that methane bubbling up, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, wow. But anyway, so uh, that's all I have to say. And thank you for being one of the few um, progressive shows that talk about Ukraine. Uh, and because um, the CIA has taken over everything. I mean, you can't. You can't go to um, uh, TASS.com. Um, that's the Russian um, newspaper. What's the other one? Uh, TASS and from the Russian area. Um, TASS and there was another yes, one. Yes. Yeah. You, you, well, they've been all taken over. You know, RT mm-hmm. um, also has been taken mm-hmm. over. You can see some of the articles. This is not, not how it was before. Well, they're sticking in certain articles and you know you realize that oh the cia has taken over so um but yeah but how are we supposed to have peace uh i won't be voting for biden that's for sure in 2024 and because he it, all these more mongering look at all the presidents and how many people they've killed and also nato well it was believe it or not it was nato who attacked libya it was uh nato who who attacked um what was it? Um, not you, uh, Serbia, and uh, about Serbia is uh, they took Serbia's uh, access to the sea. They took that Kosovo. It says no, no. Um, 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 the Albanians need to take that because there's a, a greater Albanian movement, and they well, wanted we're, that we're area. We're kind of near the end of our show. I want to thank you for your call. Sure. And I think that uh, you raised some really interesting points. I think that uh, our listeners, uh, there are uh, there are sources online that you can uh, go to find out what's going on in uh, uh, with uh, with Ukraine. It's uh, is a it's a, a a big story, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that we are uh, not being told much about. So I would uh, just recommend that people. Uh, a good place to go is uh, Consortium News. There's some good articles there. Uh, there's good articles by uh, Ray McGovern, who actually I think we had him as a guest a few years ago on this show. So there is uh, there is the information out there. And so I want to thank our listeners for calling in. I want to thank uh, uh, people for uh, <laughs> their confidence in this show. This is there's not much, you know, we, we sort of like a, a lonely voice, or not so lonely, but we're sort of a voice that's ignored by the by the mainstream news. So uh, that's one thing about KBU that you uh, you find out what uh, what the mainstream media is kind of uh, avoiding. So I want to thank uh, people for calling in. Thank you for listeners, and stay tuned to KBOO. It's your radio station. You're listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM. The time is 9.29 a.m.
listening to KBOO FM. The following program is a rebroadcast. Dates, times, and events mentioned in the following program have already occurred. Thank you for tuning in to KBOO Portland.